This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 19th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. As state legislatures consider adding so-called Marcy's laws to state constitutions, what exactly would these laws do? Some evidence indicates these laws meant to protect victims of crime allow police to escape culpability for abusive behavior. Cato's Jonathan Blanks comments. A lot of states have been pushing uh, Marcy's law, which is the idea is a victim's bill of rights. Uh, in general, what's in that? Marcy's Law comes from an, uh, an incident in 1983 where a young woman named Marcy Nicholas was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. And her brother pushed this law that didn't pass until 2008 that was supposed to pr- provide with these victims' bill of rights to stop um, people who had been arrested from a crime from hurting the, their their victims again. And so this law includes like notice of hearings, like bail hearings, you know, whether or not they're going to trial. Um, it's also supposed to get uh, victims' feedback on uh, if that person is up for parole or is going to be allowed for bail. And also provides for restitution in case, you know, there is some sort of um, payment to be made. And you're on board with most of that. Some of it. I mean, there are some due process concerns about, you know, whether or not a victim should have any role in, in a parole violation. I mean, a parole granting and and some other things. But uh, generally speaking, yeah, it's, it's not that big of a problem. I mean, the idea that uh, somebody who has been victimized and is, you know, willing to make certain accusations and stand on those accusations and and assist in the prosecution, identify the person who uh, attacked them. It seems pretty reasonable to me that the, the purpose of justice, the justice system in those kinds of cases would be to make the victim whole in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think we too often we don't think about the victims very much when we're prosecuting cases, particularly of violence. It's the prosecutors want to focus on the punishment. They want to focus on pe- putting people in jail, but they're not really thinking about, oh, maybe because this person was burglarized, it, you know, the the offender pays this person back and, you know, ca- can help the person. How are cops making use of this law? Um, I was surprised to learn recently that uh police officers in some states where Marcy's laws have passed are claiming to be crime victims and having their identities protected from public scrutiny. So, for example, there was a case uh, in late fall of last year out of South Dakota where an an officer uh, pursued a vehicle and there was – the officer ended up shooting and killing uh, someone in the vehicle. we don't know who what that officer's name is because he sought protection under Marcy's law, so the public has no idea who shot and killed this, you know, the suspect. Um, that turns Marcy's law on its head, really, because a police officer acting in their public d- capacities aren't a victim of anything. I mean, even if there was a fight or something involved, he is acting as an agent of the state. He's not a victim. And the idea that he gets to get Anonymity for something he did in our name is absurd. Yeah, it, se- it seems weird that yeah, if you accept the notion that we are the ones who make the laws in a broad sense, uh, the people that we send out to enforce those laws are cops. And you expect that a cop uh, in performance of their public duties on our behalf are people who are going to go out and, and are willing to stand by their actions uh, and if nothing else, we would like to have that information to determine whether or not 
they're somebody we would like to continue having as a cop. Yes. I mean, the public has a definite interest in the accountability of its police officers. Now, there are certain aspects when police identification might be you know, excluded. For example, if an officer is working undercover, then of course, obviously, you don't blast that officer's name and face all over the news. But insofar as this is something that happened while you're on duty, while you're wearing a name badge, while you're doing things in the public's name, it's absolutely ridiculous that this should be hidden and that you should be able to claim victim status on top of it. So uh, are, is this part and parcel of every Marcy's Law? I'm not sure. It's been a handful of states. As far as I know, it was never intended to cover police officers. It seems to be sort of a novel uh, interpretation by police unions. So I, I've heard of a couple cases in Dakotas. I don't know if this is going to be more widespread, but it'll be interesting to see as it makes its way through the courts. Okay. There are groups who want to push Marcy's Law and have it embedded in every state constitution. Yeah, I would I would be skeptical of that. As I said, we have well, Marcy's Law has some problems insofar as due process for the accused, right? Because if you're accused of a crime, you have to, you have to be able to face your accusers, and there are some provisions in Marcy's Law that don't allow that provide that the accuser gets certain protections from being cross examined, not necessarily not in a criminal case, but you know just having their name out there and that sort of thing. So you can have you know a a blind accusation against someone, and that person not necessarily have to fear the consequences of you know, if that case never goes to criminal trial, that's a big problem. Uh, so I do have problems with Marcy's law in and of itself. But in the broader context of whether or not it should apply to police officers, it's absolutely novel and kind of insane. Jonathan Blanks is a research associate at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 